the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. What's it worth to you? If you grew up with a sibling or if you were ever in elementary school, I'm sure you were asked this question. It's used as a bargaining chip to extract a promise of something yet to come. Will you help me with my homework? What's it worth to you? Are you going to do the dishes for me tonight? Please don't tell mom and dad you caught me sneaking out. Hmm. What's it worth to you? You willing to do dishes for a week? Will you please leave me alone so I can hang out with my friends? What's it worth to you? I think Jesus is trying to get to the root of this very question in today's gospel. But to get there, we need to remember exactly where we are and what else is going on around Jesus. I think we often read the gospel, a little excerpt every week, and we have the idea that Jesus is out there somewhere in Galilee talking to people. Maybe there's a lake or some mountains or hills in the background. And yet the truth is to go deeper into what the gospel is saying today. It's all about location, location, location. For the past three weeks, Jesus has been in the temple for each of our gospels. He came in, he overturned the tables of the money changers, and then he sat and he had a whole bunch of conversations or maybe a bunch of pop quizzes from the people around him. First, the chief priest and the elders come and they question Jesus by whose authority is he doing this teaching and this healing? Jesus never gives a straight answer. He instead responds with a question about John the Baptist and baptism. And then he proceeds to tell them a parable about how it is right. The right thing is what is shown in your actions, not in your words. And then the following week's reading, the Pharisees, they show up and Jesus tells another parable about tenants who won't hand over the harvest and there's possibility of a wretched death. And then last week, Jesus continued with a third parable the wedding banquet where people would not come and there was a possibility of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Remember, all of this has taken place in the temple portico, the entrance to the holiest place in all of Jerusalem, the place where God resides closest on this earth. And here is Jesus the Palm Sunday procession into Jerusalem has happened, and now here he is at one of the events that lead directly to his crucifixion in just a matter of days. Here is Jesus teaching and preaching, and the authorities continue to get more and more uncomfortable. And then in this week's gospel, we hear that now, now, the Pharisees and the chief priests and the elders weren't enough. Now the Pharisees are showing up with the Herodians. These are not two groups that work well together. The Pharisees detest the Roman authority rule and the Herodians are there to uphold the Roman authority and rule. As one commentator said this week, it would be about as likely as Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer getting together to work together in harmony. The Pharisees and the Herodians, while opposed, come together to approach Jesus, plotting to entrap him. They want Jesus gone. 
They want calm in their time. They do not want this prophet, the Messiah, preaching that which upends their lives and challenges their authority. So they better up Jesus. They call him teacher and they shower him with compliments about his impartiality. And then they ask him this very important question meant to entrap him. Do you pay taxes to the emperor? Jesus knows what they're up to and he doesn't answer. He comes back with a typical Jesus question. Why do you put me to the test? Then he says, pull out a coin used for the tax to the emperor. Now remember what I said, location. Jesus has just turned over the tables of the money changers and Roman coins were used for Roman taxes. And the Jewish community, especially the temple, used shekels, which had no graven images on them. They were two very different coins. And someone right there in the portico of the temple pulls out a denarius with the picture of the emperor on it. Hmm. Just what is that doing in this sacred place? And with that denarius, Jesus keeps on teaching whose head and title is on it? The emperor's. And Jesus said, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God, to God, the things that are God's. By asking for a Roman coin used to pay Roman taxes, Jesus essentially asks the crowd, what's it worth to you? What is paying Roman taxes to a man who says that he is a God? What is that worth to you? And Jesus knows that the entire Jewish community has some complicity in the culture and the community and the Roman influence in their land. They have no choice. It cannot be escaped. Hence a denarius in the temple. And taxes have to be paid. Whether you like the system or you don't like the system, it is the system within which we live and which they lived. But it, by implicitly asking, what's it worth to you while standing in the temple, Jesus also brings into question, what is God worth to you? Jesus, days before his crucifixion, right before he gives his entire life for us. Jesus is clear to give to the state what is due to them, but more importantly, to give to God what is due God. The truth is we can't separate the worlds that we live in. We can't separate the world here from God's kingdom. Both are within us both sides of that coin are in our very DNA. The question is, what is it worth to us? Which do we give priority to? Does the world dictate how much we give to God? The rector benignly asks during stewardship season. Or does God guide us and how we are to take what we have and to give to the world around us. As much of a struggle as it may be, our daily lives are supposed to be informed by our faith. 
God should be at the center of the decisions about how we use our resources, both natural and human-made. God should be at the center of how we treat one another, even if we disagree, like the Pharisees and the Herodians. God should be at the center of what we spend, including paying taxes and giving to the church. The question is, what is God worth to me? For me, God and faith and following Jesus, they're worth everything. What is God worth to you? Amen.